So, yeah, apologies if, if the sound quality is awful. It's a blue snowball mic. Hello, everybody. Uh, I've got... I'm going to read this. I actually took the time and trouble to write out what I was going to do for an intro for this show. It's 591 words, I can tell you that. Excuse the noise outside. Like I say, I'm on the blue snowball mic, which I've had for some time, but have never used. And it's kind of picking up everything in the room. And outside, you can hear the dog barking. That's not my dog. But you get the nice sort of tweety bird sound. I'm not outside. I'm in the attic and there's a velox, so uh, I'm kind of outside. Not even a little bit. Anyway, in this episode, I, I've got something very interesting to share with you. It's an interview that I recently recorded with Councillor Peter Hill. Now, before I play it for you, you're going to need a little bit of background. In the village of Howarth, every year we have a, a 40s weekend. And for those of you who have no idea what that is, it's a big event based around life in Howarth in the 1940s, especially the early war years. People love that bit of it. Uh, the village is decorated. There are a number of attractions like uh, musical events, battle reconstructions, flyovers and, and more. And as part of the festivities, some people like to visit Howarth all dressed up in what they think is period dress. Judging by some of the photos I've seen, some people clearly think the 50s had better style. Uh, while I've already decided that if I ever go dressed up, it will be as Captain America, some people do take it very seriously. Unfortunately, more than a few of them like to come dressed as Nazis in a variety of formats, like they come. Uh, as a local resident, it's extremely bothering to have the house at the end of your street rented out to the Yorkshire branch of the SS for the weekend. Uh, this It bothers me, and honestly, I, I thought we were all on the same page when it come, uh, came to uh, dressing up as Nazis. After all, you look at the stink that happened when Prince Harry did it, and this year, thanks to the, the wonder of social networking, I was able to easily get in touch with the event organisers. And I wanted to ask them how they felt about inviting the Nazis to the village every, every year, because it doesn't make us look good, right? Uh, you go through the newspapers of the time and it will bring, you'll bring up any article about the event and not one of them is missing the word Nazi from the headline. And it's a shocking word and it gets attention if you can print it big in a newspaper. So it's a good one to get in there if you can. Everybody reads the thing. I hope that's it. Okay. And the official Twitter account of the event accepted my request for an interview uh, and gave me an email address to contact. And the trouble that I had was that it wasn't their email address. I wanted to... to or talk to the organizers of the event and they gave me someone else's email address which I didn't find out until the actual interview uh, and it was just a little bit honest don't you think that I asked if you if I asked you for an interview and you say yeah talk to that guy I didn't want to talk to that guy I wanted to talk to you and I, I did call him on that on Twitter and that apparently caused upset and I don't be dishonest if you don't like being called dishonest is where I am with that, you know, or at least have said, this is this guy's email address. There was nothing just here. It was, it was almost quite spy-like. Um, and so I, I got to interview this guy that you're going to hear me talk to. And I, it felt a little bit like Christmas. I was worrying that I'd have to back into, into a corner a couple of times. Uh, there's a bit where he says, it's all right to be offensive to people if there's none of those people around. 
uh, which is put me in mind of the, the black man's cock joke in the office when David Brent is telling the joke that ends with a, the punchline, a black man's cock. And he has to stop telling it when the black guy in the office walks over. And it's that cringeworthy moment. It's like, yeah. Uh, so it's not all right to have told that joke then, is the point. Uh, I, you know, there was also a, a documentary even on Channel 4 just the other night that was talking about... Uh, it, it, you might have seen it. It was the one where they do a dramatization of all the secret recordings that they got of, of uh, Nazi officers uh, when they were prisoners of war. Uh, and it basically, you know, just kind of disproved a lot of points that he made. I do wonder if, since we've recorded this, he was sat watching that the other night going, oh, fucking hell, this is just... I said they didn't do that, and there it is, they did, because the man said, oh, okay. But, you know, I, as he said, you know, people are wrong to be offended anyway, because they just don't understand the history of it, which is an extraordinarily patronizing thing to say. And unfortunately, you you don't quite get to say that these days. You you can't say you're wrong to be offended. Uh, you have to just not be offensive. So this this is better if I just play it for you, really. Uh, and I've got to go and edit it now in some way. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this. I hope you find it interesting. Laters. Hello, Peter. Yeah. Hi, this is uh, Richard Smith from Simply Syndicated. I, I, oh, hello there. Hello. I just called you a, a second ago, and my there was a problem with my uh, setup here. That's why you couldn't hear me. Yeah. Well, I I, I tried calling you back, but your numbers withheld. All oh, right. It's uh, it, I'm calling through Skype, and I, I think it just does that automatically. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so my apologies for that. Um, right. We. I'm. I'm sort of just recording the phone call. We're not as part of a show or anything like that. Yeah. So we're free to just uh, have a chat in, in any way okay. at all. So, right. you know, there's what no... What is your... Can I lead off? Uh, or do the, you want there to is, tell me what your problem is? The, there is just one thing I want to establish first of all, because uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm slightly confused about something, and that's, that's how I've come to, to be in contact with you. Uh, because I was, I was trying to... I, I don't know what your role in the 40s weekend is. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you could tell me about that. Right. Uh, I'm, to some extent, the father figure, because I was in it yesterday, uh, last year. Right. I did all the risk assessments and event plans and things like that. We now have professional people who are working for free doing them, uh, doing traffic management and things like this. So I've taken on the role, which has been my business for a number of years as publicity right and also i sold all the advertising in the magazine right so press contacts and people wanting to talk about the 40s weekend anything like that comes through to me okay but i received an email from you saying thank you for granting an interview so quite how that got to me i'm not sure that that's that's how i i what what was causing the confusion uh, because uh -huh. i i had asked uh, via twitter for an interview we was said was told yes absolutely and then was given your email address 
Right. Okay. Uh, so that's it. But nobody had told me that you had called. Right. Okay. So that's that's okay. entirely where the confusion comes from, and I, okay. I've just not known who you are or what your involvement yeah, is in that, any way. That's who I am, and I, I've sort of acted as elder statement when policy needs to be formulated and things like that because I'm an old bugger. Okay. Right. Okay. No problem. Um, so right then. So we have this event every year. It is in many ways a very good event uh the, there's a go lot for, go for 18 this is its 18th year but we only picked it up last year previously it was run by the howarth traders organization right that organization sort of ceased to operate early last year and they cancelled the event in february saying it wasn't going to happen right there was a loud outcry from various traders and of course the hotels and the guest houses who had bookings other people who had committed to finance for organizing dances and things like that. So a handful of us, which included uh, two clergymen, that's the uh, St. Michael's and All Angels, and at that time the Baptist minister, two, two church ministers, uh, Nikki, who runs the dress shop, who gets no advantage out of it, myself, who's not involved in any trade in the village, and uh, Caroline from Rose & Co., who does the, she and her brother or a partner, I'm not sure which it is, do the design work for the brochure and things like that and the logos. So really nobody on the organizing committee is involved in gaining uh, business through the 40s weekend. I see. And last year, whereas previously it was run on by and for the benefit of the Howarth Traders, which I don't have a problem with because I've run the business for many years. But this year we decided that instead of it being purely for the traders, that we would give money to charity. And because it was a sort of military-style event, that we would give money to a military charity. And as such, we raised 12000 last year for Help for Heroes. Plus, on a side event held at the contact point, another £1,000 for the Afghan Trust. Uh, this year, I suppose, like suckers, we decided to do it again. And this year, we're raising money for SAFA, which is Soldiers, Sailors and Airmen's Families Association, which does a huge amount of work for people both in the forces and out of the forces, where either the people themselves have problems, mental, physical, drink or whatever, uh, disability, or their families have problems. I see. I see. I I, I have to agree. I think it's a, a very uh, good reason to run an event. I, I, I you know, it's yeah. This, the, is, this is this is why we picked we picked it up mainly because the traders dropping it in February. But I mean, they they got to a stage. I think one of their problems was, now I'm, I'm, I'm surmising here, I don't know this for a fact, but when it started, it probably started with two small boys and a dog. It has grown to such an extent that you now have to do risk assessments, you have to involve the council and they can stop you if they think it's unsafe. Yep. And the traders were not equipped to handle that level of formal work. Right. Uh, this is where, having been an ex-Bradford councillor, I, I know a bit about council speak, and I also know the people that can help. And that's how I managed it last year, riding by the seat of my pants. But the guys we've got in this year, 
really do know the job and have done a superb job. I mean, the traffic management was said to be the best they'd had last year, and the event planning and this, and uh, it's even better this year. I mean, when you think how many people were in the village, we thought 20,000, but I think on Sunday it probably was more like 25,000 people upwards. In, 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 at a time? Because I, I, I'd, yeah. I'd read the uh, the twenty thousand figure, and I got the impression from what I read that that meant sort of for the event as a whole over the weekend, no, but no, it, that's, at a that's day round about daily. I mean, if you went into the park, it was jammed. If you went up Main Street, it was solid, and if you went up to the uh, RAF Howarth, the Parsons Car Park, it was extremely busy, and there were people littered about all over the place. Apart from that. I mean, a friend of ours who live in the next village tried to park and couldn't even find a parking space in the car parks. And we had put on, although we'd taken the Parsonage car park out of the matrix to use for events, uh, we had put on many more hundred parking spaces from people like the Cricket Club, the uh, Bridge House Mills. They parked about three or four hundred or something like that. I don't know how many. Mm-hmm. All of which give us some money back. The school used the all-weather pitch. So there's more parking than there's ever been, and it still wasn't enough. I mean, we, we, we there was Weaver's Hill, of course, and we used the bottom bit for turning the coaches round so people would alight safely yeah. off the road. Uh, it was actually managed very, very well with very little problem. Yeah, there were problems, but... I mean, if you don't like it, hold it in Webley Stadium. It's far better for it, or on Salisbury Plain. No, of course. You know, I mean, there's we're, only we're some... talking about we're talking about a 17th century, 18th century village with the street layout. You know. Yeah. But Nicky's idea, and it was a very fine idea, which we started last year, was putting events in the park. We realised just how dangerous it was on Main Street. I mean, there was a last singing on the bull balcony last year and i was in the middle of it and it was not possible to move people crowding in and crowding in it was an extremely dangerous situation and we pulled that event we said okay our event organizers the chief marshal said that has got to stop and it did to the chagrin and annoyance of the pub and the singer but public safety was at stake so nicky this year split the whole thing between the parsonage car park and the park most of the events going on similarly, the entertainment went from one to the other. So people didn't miss out, but it broke the crowds up. People said, oh, there weren't as many as last year. Said, no, there was a downside more. And Main Street was busy. And in actual fact, the pubs probably had a better time because it got to a stage on Main Street when events were there, you couldn't get into a pub for a drink. And you get a situation where you get overkill. You can't serve people because they can't get near the bar. Absolutely. So I think the traders have actually probably had a better weekend than they've had for a number of years. Yeah. So that's the outline of the uh, event. Now, what was your problem? Well, the the problem, I mean, the, the street, I live in, in Howarth, in the village, um, and the house at the bottom of our street is actually a, a, a cottage for holiday rent. Yeah, whereabouts are you? Um, I hesitate to say on a recording. Hey everybody, just a little quick note that I did tell Peter where I lived. Uh, I just don't like saying it on the air. If we had an office with security and stuff like that, then I'd have no problem with saying our address. But seeing as we record in our house, I generally don't like to give that sort of thing out. Anyway, back to this. Bye. Yeah. And yeah. so the uh, the house at the bottom of our, our street, the, the people moved out a long time ago and it's it's been a holiday uh, rent. Rental, yeah. Yeah. And sort of Friday night, uh, we were greeted 
at the bottom of the street by a, a group of Nazis and SS officers. Um, which is, in my opinion, in terms of their behavior, uh, and, and by behavior, I mean not, not what they're doing as such immediately, but the fact that they're dressed like that is so unforgivably bad, I, I have trouble putting it into words. Right. I, I, I must admit right. that, Can... that the biggest problem I've had with this, uh, yeah. you know, is that I've never in my life been prepared for an argument as to why it's bad to, be, uh, to pretend to be a Nazi. Mm. It, it just seems that I, I thought we, as a nation, we were all on the same page with that one, that well, Nazis are bad. We're not. Uh, remember, most of these people that dress up in these costumes are similar to people to you and me. They are not espousing the politics of any of the people they dress up as. The same way the people that dress as Americans don't think, don't vote Republican or Democrat. The, in actual fact, I think you'll find most of the people you saw were probably in German Wehrmacht or Luftwaffe uniforms because we had been in contact with the people who do dress as Nazis, asking them not to wear the death's head, the SS emblems of the uh, black uniforms or the Nazi swastika armbands. And most of them reluctantly agreed. But these are people dressing up, and let's put it this way, they are dressing up, and they like to be as accurate as possible. Now, I personally wonder about people that want to dress up like this anyway. I, I find them personally to be, on, on some level, quite broken people. Mm, uh, yeah. that it, that there, there is, unless you're doing it with the intention of causing a reaction... There's no point in them doing it. They could have dressed no, as well, anything. There is. No, no, there is. There, there, there's, it's what you're, the point you're missing is the inverted commas, and I do this inverted commas as a descriptive word, not as a specific thing, gang culture, in the same way that teenagers dress up the same as being part of something, which we all long to be. Most, pe most people do want to be part of something in our human race. And there are some people that... that uh, these people aren't isolated nutters. They're people in social groups that meet and discuss this, buy and sell the equipment. And to them, they're having a good time. Yes, we ask them not to wear the, the blatant Nazi and SS signs. And the ones we spoke to agreed not to. Now, the people that ended up in the newspapers labelled as Nazis, one was in a German army uniform, one was in a Luftwaffe uniform, and the third one, I think, was also uh, a Wehrmacht uniform. I, I was on the street both days, right the way throughout the whole thing, going from area to area. I saw some young men dressed in uh, basic... Uh, Luftwaffe uniforms, that's all private soldiers, you know, not, not officers. I saw a load of guys with real guns who were dressed up as marquee uh, resistance fighters. All right, the, the guns could fire blanks, but nothing else, but even so. Uh, I saw a Danish resistance man. I saw somebody, that, well, I wasn't sure whether he was a, a Russian general or what. But there's all sorts of people in all sorts of uniforms. People like fancy dress parties. They like to dress up. Absolutely. And, and I mean, another, 
another very important point to consider is that we live in a free country. We don't prescribe. There's a lot of people who've got clothes on, they can wear what they're damn well pleased. And there's, I think it was Voltaire who said, I, I don't agree with your principles, but I'll fight to the death for your right to espouse them and, and, and claim them. And the third point is that our events are all in public places. We have no control over who actually comes to the village. If we had our events in a private enclosed field or something like that, uh, that we could charge admission or let in the people we wanted to let in, that would be different. But we don't have those facilities. So anybody that wants to come to Haworth dressed any damn way they please, there is nothing we could do about it. And really, uh, although I hate to see the Nazi emblems because I'm old enough to remember it, there's nothing, you can't stop them. It is a free country. It's not like Western Germany, or Germany as it is now, where Nazi and SS uniforms are proscribed by law. That's the, that's the up and the down of it. If 200 or 5,000 of them wanted to come, there would be nothing we could do to stop them. We've discussed this with the police, we've discussed it with lawyers, until they cause a disturbance, which nearly happened last year with the few. But what happened last year, which got into the press, was... Uh, Somebody who shall be nameless, but it's not the cleverest thing he's ever done, brought 24 Germans along to see the show. Uh, you know, why, you why, would, that, why would that not be a clever thing? Well, because there were people dressed in Nazi uniforms. And, of course, in Germany, that is illegal. And they thought it was so over here. <clears throat> and remember, the German people don't look back over their history. They tend to look forward. I, 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 I've spent a lot of time speaking to a lot of Germans over the years. Well, I've spent I've, a lot of time working in Germany too. Yeah, it's uh, then, as you'll know, it's a period of their history that causes them a great deal of uh, no, pain. upset and pain and, and mm. everything associated with it, which yeah. I, I totally well, understand. Um, and so, I, I mean, to say that you know, it would be silly to bring Germans here because we're going to celebrate the Nazis and accept them and be okay with it. Seems a little off to me. Well, no, they, it was not that. It was the fact that uh, I wouldn't have thought a World War Two celebration by the British is somewhere where the Germans would actually want to be. Well, I, 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 I... The Second World War I, I, because I, they came second. You I, know, this I, is... If you, if, you know, if you'll excuse some levity, but it's, uh, you know, that is the point. Whether the actual event is viable or not, I don't know. I mean, our point is we're raising money for service charities and we're carrying on something which the village wants. So the, we've done it. That really is the up and the down of it. I understand what you're saying. I, I really Good. do, and, and I, I appreciate completely that this is done with nothing but good intention, because yeah. I, I, I absolutely do. The, the thing that became obvious to me, however, o over this weekend is, and, and I'm, I must admit, and I'll, I'll explain this as I go on, that my, my mm -hmm. attitude towards the event in general has changed even since late last night, uh, mm -hmm. because... You know, you, you've no doubt seen all the, the national newspaper headlines. I mean, I've got... Yes, I'm, I, I'm looking I've at, spoken to a lot of them because that's what I do. Yeah. And I've headed quite a few off who were going to publish it because it's a no story. They're dancing on a grave 
that was 12 months old. But the problem is, is that this is causing upset. These people coming here is causing upset. I've heard personal anecdotes of at least two occurrences of fights breaking out, you know, people dressed as Nazis being uh, attacked. And incidentally, while while, while it might be historically accurate to draw a, a difference between a Nazi and an SS officer and a Luftwaffe officer and, and whatever else you care to mention, I don't see that the end result is actually any different. The fact okay, is well, they're representing we were... an evil dark force, the most evil and darkest moment of all of human history, the worst side that mankind can ever present, and I don't care if they're dressed as a pilot or a soldier or a naval officer or whatever you care to mention. It's all the same in terms of its modern day present effect on people looking at them. It doesn't have matter. You, have you not thought that it is better to show these things than brush them under the carpet for the next generation? That's one point. Secondly, I mean, I have some quite good friends who were in the German army during the conflict. They didn't have a choice. Oh, I, 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 I know, absolutely. Conscription didn't have a choice. And when you see the way propaganda is fed to the public, you only had to look at the... I mean, were you in this area or were, were you sort of politically conscious? I have no idea how old you are, so please... I'm, I'm, I'm 34 years old. 34, so yes. you will remember the Argentine conflict. Uh, yeah, I, I was alive, but to be honest, I couldn't claim to remember a lot from the time. Right, well, okay, uh, I was. Uh, if you'd gone into a pub and said, oh, the Argentines are nice people, somebody would have thumped you when that happened because... Uh, have you heard the, the term jingoism, and do you know where it comes from? I've, I've heard the, the term. I, I, I couldn't um, tell you that. It, it was a first. It was it was something between the Boer War and the First World War, and it was uh, we don't want to go to war, but by jingo, if we do, we've got the guns, we've got the men, we've got the money too, and that was a popular rhyme, and that's how people felt. But I'm afraid when you put up an enemy, it's a bit like the Romans with circus bread or circuses. You put up somebody to uh, hate or whatever. I mean, the Russians and the Jews, the Russians and the Germans did it with the Jews. Whenever there was a problem, oh, the, the Jews are eating babies again. And so there was a pogrom which took people's minds off the awful state of their lives. And very often... A, you know, you, you've only got to see the films of Nazi Germany. You get very good orators, and people tend to follow them. I mean, when you look at the history of Germany, what, it, what the Nazi regime goes back to is the reparations that were forced upon Germany as a collapsed state in 1918. It was obviously it was going to happen again, but the Western powers, and especially the French, wanted revenge. Uh, and... You know, if, if, if a foe is fallen, what can you do about it? And consequently, the dreadful state of Germany in the 20s of the Weimar Republic, uh, the Nazism up at that time was a minority, uh, small group of toughs in Austria, suddenly became, you know, okay. A bit like people looked at the BNP a few years ago. Oh, simplistic answers to complex questions. 
And this is how the Nazis took hold. Yes, incredibly evil. If you read Mein Kampf, Hitler said, if you tell a lie loud enough and long enough, people will start to believe it. And it is so true. Absolutely. uh, Yeah. And consequently, the German people went with them because suddenly there was prosperity after there'd been starvation. I mean, my father, who was a professional musician, actually did a tour in Germany in 1926. And fortunately for him, they were paid in sterling because you could get paid in the morning a week's wages and by nightfall, you couldn't buy a loaf of bread with it. Yes. You know, the inflation rate was running at thousands of percent. And Hitler changed that. And he changed it by making a war machine, which gave him full employment. So it's one of these things, you know, there is a point with armaments, you can only go on so long making them before you start using them. Yes. And uh, political expediency, where there was arguments over who owned what, uh, allowed him to walk into Czechoslovakia, Sudetenland, and finally into Poland, when uh, everybody said enough's enough, mainly because we had a treaty with the Poles. You know, if you, if you read your history, you can see why. But, I mean, ordinary people like you and me, when somebody says you are being conscripted, uh, you've probably had the jingoistic thing pushed at you from the media all the way around. You know, the enemy are eating babies again and raping nuns, the usual propaganda, and it starts to fill in. You say, yes, let me at them. And that the average Joe does. So most of the people fighting in the Second World War on both sides, really had not a lot of politi- political uh, animosity with each other, except for what they were told. You know, it was a necessary war because the Nazis were evil, but uh, the German people do like, as a race, they are militaristic, they do like a uniform, they do like a parade, they're suckers of it. We're, we're nearly as bad, but not quite. You know, we, we, we're carrying on something that has a reasonable history, and it's not as if Howarth is the only place this happens. This happens in France, it happens in Belgium, it happens in the Netherlands, uh, it, it happens, it happens all over Britain. Yes, I, I was just going to say, it happens all over this country as well. I mean, I have friends yes, who yeah. live in similar yeah. places to Howarth throughout the country, mm-hmm. and they, they mean, all have a 40s weekend. Yeah, I mean, from from time immemorial, I mean, I've lived here for 40 years. From the start of it, there were always people dressed in German uniform. In fact, one of the classic entertainments was the escaped German prisoner who was pursued through the streets. I I can, I can, you see, I accept what you're saying, that in, 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 this is... We're talking about a period in history in which we were in conflict. I I don't think we're celebrating the Second World War. I think what we're celebrating as a village is the the community and the spirit that was alive at the time, the the togetherness, the getting through this together. We're not celebrating the fact that we had a war. Um, But the, the, the fact remains, you know, history aside, that that's, that's not actually what, what I'm, talking about what i'm talking about is we have an event and regardless of its intention or uh, its result this event brings people to our village that cause offense that cause upset that cause as we've seen this year uh people being beaten up or whatever and uh, we I'm, and hold, it causes hold, hold, hold it could you hold it there i I, and I can tell you the police, are not aware of anybody being beaten up. Right. 
okay, well, whether or I'm just going on anecdotal evidence of things people have seen, not police reports. Well, um, the police, put it this way, when something kicks off, our police are very good. There was a large police presence in the village, and I think uh, I'm a police volunteer, and I would have thought, you know, I get police reports. Uh, I'm certain I would have known had anything like that had happened. Right. Okay. So I, I, what I'm saying is, until I see proof, I, I will say that didn't happen. The same way that people said, oh, there were Nazis all over the place in the press. There were not. There are some people in German uniform. In fact, the guy that was in the uh, most of the papers actually contacted us, told us what he was going to wear as a Luftwaffe officer, and said, do you mind? And we said, no, that's fine, because we don't have an issue with... Uh, German, ordinary German military uniforms for the reasons I've said that uh, you know they were involved they were part of it and they probably didn't have a choice it's the people the political machination people are the ones we objected to and yeah you might get and I mean if the number of people in German uniforms I don't suppose total there was 15 or 20 out of what 20 plus thousand people it's a very small minority I mean, more to the point were the two shoplifters who the police arrested on Saturday morning. Right. Who re, who, because the people dressing... Think, you know, get, try and get out of your mind the fact we're celebrating the Second World War. What we're doing, we're, set, we're having a party and, an enjoyable and people are having an enjoyable dress-up in fancy dress. That's what it's come down to. I mean, there are as many people dressed in 1940s clothes. Where the hell are they getting from? I don't know as they were reenactors. I mean, an awful lot of people were dressed in 1940s sort of clothing outfits, huge numbers. Uh, not just the women, I mean, there was all sorts of blokes in trilbies and all seemed to be carrying small suitcases, which I never quite found, found out why. Right. Whether that was, whether people yeah, think... They were well, possibly black market, Joel says. I, right. I don't know, but it seems strange. Um, so, and... and the, the the public face of this event, I mean, as you said, you, yeah. you've spoken to the papers. As I'm looking at the headlines, there isn't a headline about the event in a national newspaper that doesn't have the word Nazi in it. Yeah, I know. Uh, and this, and is where, this is where I've remonstrated with them, saying, you know, you're, you're dancing on a grave that's a year old because, it, yes, last year there were some people in overt SS Gestapo Nazi uniforms. This year they weren't. There were some German uniforms, but nothing from the political side of the regime, which we, by our attitude of putting uh, cards in windows, and I produced all of those after a public meeting, because our, our event organizers have held three public meetings in the last year to apprise the public of what is happening. You know, that's our, our residents, because we need them on side, because it disrupts the whole damn village for two days. And this was, the, this was brought up by the public and asked for, so we did it. We put notices in windows, no SS, Gestapo, swastikas, uniforms, uh, welcome on these premises. So some of them were stop. incredibly tiny signs, weren't they? Well, I mean, I, I, I would argue it. that some of them were not signs. I've, I've always thought that a feature of a sign indicating anything is well, that it in... is designed to make you see it and look at it. Right, Whereas they were in, the... day, in day glow yellow which the ones I produced and uh, 
some of them produced bigger signs, but I had 40 or 50 to do with my own resources, with my own printer, encapsulator, and what have you. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, looking at the one that I, what, I'm guessing is in the window of the uh, the train station, and you can actually see that it's being printed on uh, A4 punched paper. So I'm guessing the si the size of that sign is A4, being... Was being, it on a, sorry, is it, it on A4 paper? No, it's not. It's on a bit cut out from what looks like A4 paper. I'm guessing, from just from guessing where the hole punches are, that that sign is no more than 15 centimetres wide and about 5 centimetres tall. That's right. These are the ones I did. I did two hole punches on the top so people could hang them from their windows, but they are in bright day glow yellow, the ones I did. And the, the national newspapers picked up on them, So I th and they were in most of the shop windows. I think they were particularly visible. Do you not think that says a lot about the people that come here dressed as that, that they are blatantly ignoring any effort to say that they're not no. welcome? no because the people we said that weren't welcome didn't come. The people in the overt Nazi uniforms did not attend the event. The people that came were in German uniforms, normal German military uniforms, and I say the one that ended up in the Daily Mail actually contacted us, told us what he was going to wear, and said, are you happy with this? And we said, yes, because we are. Now, you might say that's wrong, but that's our viewpoint and we will stick to it. Uh, you know, to, to be quite honest, uh, you know, I, I, something I've got to say to you is that I thought your comments about the organisers being immoral was as bad as them, because you were going off half-cock, you were talking about people, you have hurt a number of people yourself with that. I mean, uh, our main organiser, Nicky, was in tears about this today. Really? You, haven't thought about, you haven't thought about what you were doing at all you've thought about what you, what your opinion is and no more so you know where do you stand mate well the, where i've i've been with it is that i'm i'm seeing all the the, the negativity that's coming out of it and what, what negative the negativity coming out of it is negativity produced by a, a failing media form which you know and i know the days of the press are the the paper press are numbered Absolutely. because of the sort of work guys like you are doing and they will jump on anything to try and keep the circulation up i mean i i i, I have to say i'm in total agreement with you about that you you will yeah have you, you looked just, can, can i ask a question did you look is it the daily mail site you've got up i i have that on my list i can bring that up um, right i suggest you look at it and look at the rest of the stories on the Monday, this is not Sunday, this is Monday, they were offering. Uh, oh, I, 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 I think the Daily Mail balconies is... When the husband arrives. I mean, what sort of put-up job was that? You know, yeah. You just read it. It's the most appalling tosh you've ever seen in your life. I, I, I'm, and, just and this to is say, the level I, of journalism today, and I'm an ex-journalist. Oh, it's, it's appalling. I, I can speak from experience, particularly with the Daily Mail, because I've actually, uh, in, in the last couple of years, had a, a, a member of my family uh, directly attacked by the Daily yeah. Mail. Um, yeah. and, and so I'm, I'm perfectly aware of the, uh, the fact that they'll just quite honestly make stuff up. 
lie, yes. And um, this is what they've this is what they've done here. I mean, even some of the pictures I think were last year's. But I mean, I was phoned up from newspapers, national, local, regional. Uh, on the Monday, I spent most of the day on the on the phone, telling them there was no story because there were no fights, there were no breakups, there there were no people dressed in what I call Nazi or SS death head uniforms, as they were last year. Most of them, after discussion, and we had considerable discussions during the year, they agreed not to wear them. If they came, they came as something else. Because a lot of them might have a Nazi uniform, but they'll also have an American one. I mean, I, Jill's, my wife has got a couple of pictures of uh, a, a German soldier and an English soldier sharing a joke together in Main Street. I mean, it's a bit like the football match of 1915. Yes. Uh, because these people know each other. They are not Nazis, the same as the ones that dress up as GIs are not Americans. Uh, and people forget this. It's purely a uniform. And in a public place, whether we had a weekend or not, they could strut round in them. What are you going to do about it? So, uh, take so away people's liberty? So the, the message that's what you're talking about. I, absolutely. There, there, are, you know, there, there are things that have caused me to change my stance on, yeah. on the whole thing. Because as I've said to you in the, the email that I sent you this morning, that I, yeah. I have to be prepared to be completely wrong and to yeah. be corrected and to accept when I'm wrong yeah. and admit when I'm wrong. And I think that yeah. I, I have had some opinions about this that have been very wrong. Yeah. And, and I'm, you see, see, the point is you can't, you can't legislate for bad taste. No, you can't. And You're absolutely right. And, I mean, if, if we're going to have a free society... And there's those that argue it isn't that free, but it's a damn sight freer than some others. Absolutely. Uh, passing laws to make people dress in a certain way would make me want to go to another country. Mm. Uh, and that's the up and the down of it. I mean, and of course, another thing, you get the sealed knot. Now, there's some dress as cavaliers, some dress as roundheads. Now, because historically it's a long time back, nobody cares. Whereas 400 years ago, you would have been having the same conversation to me probably in the alehouse or shouting down the street. Uh, and we might be taking sharp implements to talk to each other with. I, I think uh, also some... currently in Northern Ireland that Oliver Cromwell might prove to be a rather provocative exactly. figure. Exactly. Oliver Cromwell's alive and well. But here, he isn't. And it's a case of, it's, it's a case of time and history. So... Yes, you've got the... You know, the, if if uh, you know the you, you, everybody has, has done dreadful things in war. I'm afraid war is is not a particularly nice game. Uh, it's no rules, and there's no glory. The you know, if you go back through history, the Romans weren't particularly nice when they came across. <laughs> Neither was uh, William Rufus or his father. You know, William the First. They. Uh, Time has time has ironed these out. If you look at somebody had put on an event and arrived with Napoleonic with uh, Bonapartist uniforms in in the 1820s, they would have been scragged probably. But time has healed some of those wounds. Maybe in a hundred years, you'll be able to wear a Nazi uniform, and no one will take the blind bit of notice. You know, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, the organisers put it on with the best will in the world to do good. We can't legislate. For those that turn up, we have no choice in that whatsoever because we have no control over the crowds. It's a free event. Uh, 
your your comments about the organisers, I thought, were misplaced. I I, uh, I think I have made some. I I agree with you, and yeah. I I if I've and and you're saying I've caused upset to people and you I, have caused upset and I, yes. I, I apologise to those people to two of the ladies on our committee to Caroline that you're addressing them to and to Nikki you know because they're you know you well let, let me you, let me explain my, my thoughts on it because you know yeah. I'd, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd like you to know what I what I was thinking where I was coming yeah. from yeah. In that okay. I, I have seen th- this event that despite its good intentions, despite, it, you know, the, the good attitudes with which it was organized and even the money it raises for charity, I see that I or saw the fact that it still brings these people and the presence of these people does cause upset. It, it does cause problems. Um, it felt like um, and, and I'm, I'm still a little sort of interested in your views on this because it feels like the view has been a you are wrong to be offended which i i don't think is an acceptable thing to say about no, any I'm offense in that. any way no, no. But, you yeah. know saying that well they're not dressed as nazis they're just dressed as german soldiers so you're mm. you're wrong to be offended by that and that that in itself feels like a, a, quite a bad attitude but then further seeing um the the national newspaper stories that the, the public face it puts on this village it kind of felt like while you're trying to do something good maybe it's time to acknowledge that while you are trying to do that it does inadvertently cause these problems and does cause this upset and with all the events that take place in this village over the year and there are many 40s weekend is but one weekend out of what is probably going to be a, a spring and summer with nearly an event every weekend which is i think is a good thing and out of all of those events the only one that causes upset and people coming here that we don't want here is this one so yeah. uh, can okay. we not think of a different event or a different way of handling this? Because clearly 10 centimeter by 3 centimeter signs in windows doesn't achieve what you'd like it to achieve. We still well, have people seem... come here. We're still telling yeah. people that they're wrong to be offended by it and put up with it because we're doing a good thing. So my problem is at what point does what you're trying to achieve as a good thing get overshadowed by the bad negative results that you trying to achieve it causes so right. while you well, might I've, have you might okay. have raised twelve thousand pounds for for a various for various charities but it's caused <coughs> upset and stress to do that and so at what point what is the figure that we put on that to say your stress and upset is worth it is it I, is it twelve thousand pounds is cannot... it five thousand pounds if we only raise three thousand pounds is it not worth upsetting people let let me put it another way forget the money raised over twenty thousand people at that event had a great time thoroughly enjoyed themselves and were not offended by anything or anybody regardless of how they dressed then i add that to it so we're actually saying you people who are offended Shut up, because this guy's having a good time. So if no, he's having I'm a good not, time, no, you, no, you no, shouldn't no, be black, offended. You're, sorry, you're, you're, you're being black and white. What I'm saying is we're sorry if, if we offended people. We don't mean to. But if we are putting on an event to raise money for charity and give people a good time. What I'm saying is it's regrettable if people come along in offensive clothes. 
But they could do that today, tomorrow, the next day. We have no control over it. Yes, I mean, if we were working in a, in a private place, we could ban them. I personally don't have a problem with uh, Nazi, military, Nazi or German military uniform. I have, I have, yes, I have issues with the Nazis because it was me that did the negotiating and, and long discussions, rather like you and me, over a number of months to persuade them not to come. And that did work. There were no Nazis. Let me be absolutely plain about that. There were quite a lot of people in German uniform. There were people in all sorts of different uniforms, some good, some bad, some badly done. But the people came along not to cause offence, they came along because it's military reenactment. And there are some people that take this enormously seriously. I mean, we're talking train spotting anorak seriously, uh, who like to get it absolutely right. And they thankfully did not turn up. Yes, they are offensive. Uh, I would hold the event again and again, uh, to be honest, regardless of upsetting maybe a, f a few people. I regret it. I mean, I was talking to the so Jewish that, that, That's what morning. I'm saying oh, Hang about. on a minute. Hang on, hang on. I'll let you speak. Let me finish, please. Okay. I was talking to the guy from the Jewish Chronicle this morning who wanted to know our attitude on this, and he seemed perfectly satisfied. Uh, really, the good it does far outweighs any bad impression. The fact that the general public and yourself can't tell a Nazi uniform from a Luftwaffe or a Wehrmacht uniform... Uh, that is maybe it's one of these things i don't know them very well but i i do know i do know that possibly because the second world war finished what 45 uh, 50, 50 58 years ago uh, memories are getting clouded and it's a point that anybody in a german uniform must be a, must be a nazi that is not the case it is the nazis that were the problem not to the German people. I, I have to just in, in tell you, because I, I know you won't know this, I, I, I absolutely can tell the difference. I, I'm sat here surrounded by a, a virtual Air Force of World War II era models, which I, yeah. I enjoy greatly sitting and building. Um, you're, you're, you're a, I, I had a friend of mine that used to do all the originals. He was the... Uh, he's now passed away, but he used to go to America to lecture on it. And when people like Airfix or whatever brought out a new model, he used to send it to him to check a whether all their decals were right and was it you know was it right to make it and and did you know did it meet all the parameters? And I mean that is a, a hobby. Now would I, you would you would you make uh, a Fokker Wolf 190 model? Yes, I would. I, right. I there's one on the shelf. You make a Fokker Wolf. 190 model but it was driven by nazis who killed all of us it was okay you're wrong to make it the same way people dressing up in a luftwaffe uniform came and killed us all and we're all nazis you He's, see what i mean it's, no. it, it's it's only a, it's only a matter of degree I, I i actually don't see what you mean with that because the difference no, is is don't. that my model is sat on that shelf just there and it's not upsetting but one single human being no one yes, even really knows it's there. I'm not but, but flying it up and down Main don't, Street. People don't know it. You've made one, so you're glorifying the Nazi regime. By uh, see what I mean? This is this is the angle of thought. Whether people see it or not, this is the angle of thought. This is your hobby, and you feel justified on making any model that's a good model. Fine. Because yeah? because 
Yes. I well, yes. Yes. Because, yes. Sorry. And, yes. And, right. And let me. Okay. Let, let me finish this train of thought. You think it's a it's a good model. I will make it, regardless of who who flew it, or what they did when they were in it, strafing civilians or whatever. Uh, you know, it's the Second World War was a long time ago, and maybe we need to heal some of the wounds. Now, admittedly, Nazi uniforms are not the way to heal it, but German uniforms. We actually don't have a problem because of the last 18 years. I mean, this is the first time you've complained because you've seen it in the national press or last year, but there's been lots of Nazi uniforms here for the last 18 years. It's the trouble. It's got the media hype uh, sensationalism that's raised its profile. Nobody's noticed before now. It's not evil. It's not bad. It's people dressing up. And I mean... We boo the villain in pantomime, but... Uh, oh, I, I agree. You, you've got to have, and especially when you, you're holding events where reenactment takes place, which is, you know, as you said earlier, what, you can't sweep this stuff under the carpet. This stuff happened, yeah. and it's important that people learn that it happened going forward in the hope that it never happens again. And so I, I don't have a single problem with uh, the reenactments, anything like that the people we're talking about weren't part of the reenactments you know not the, the ones the, who were here last year no they they were there to strut yes the, the, you know the, the guys that, renting the house at the end of our street weren't in the reenactments they were there yeah, the, to, yeah to, the, and I, I i agree that and they're the people we have deterred now the i don't know about you if i put a dinner suit on the guy at the event i feel pretty good in it and the Nazis were very, very clever at power-dressing uniforms for their top people. Oh, yes. And they are intimidatory. Yep. They're elegant. They're beautifully cut. You know, they're probably the best-cut uniforms of any military. Absolutely. Nobody looks smarter than them. And this is another attraction for people dressing up. Uh, Yes, it can cause offence, but they feel a million dollars in it. And I think some of the ones last year were starting to believe what they were wearing, if that's the right phrase, by strutting about arrogantly, or maybe they were just acting how they thought Nazis ought to act. Uh, But they did cause offence. This is where the trouble started, when a couple of dozen German visitors see people in Nazi uniform, which in Germany are forbidden by law, and the person that brought them is a bit vociferous and likes his name in the papers and started calling the papers about it. And this is where it all kicked off. I mean, I've seen German uniforms there. I mean, I've lived in this village, damn it, for over 40 years. Uh, Since this event started, there's always been people in German uniforms. Nobody's taken a blind bit of notice. See, Uh, people people in German uniforms this last weekend, they weren't dressed as Nazis. Let's get that straight. There were people reenacting the Second World War, all right, in uniforms on the other side, but the other side was there. So we've established that the people who were offended are wrong to be offended, and we've established uh, that it's all mista- right to... No, 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 not wrong, but mistakenly offended, because they were offended at the wrong people. They weren't offended, generally fine, they weren't offended at the normal German soldier. They were offended at the political regime that caused the Second World War and is a wealth of difference. I mean, I have got friends in Germany of my age who, who were in Hitler Youth 
I have a very good friend who's passed away now, who was a German soldier. We, we had a, a end, pope who was in the Hitler Youth. Yeah, you, you yeah. know. But this 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 guy was was uh, taken a prisoner in forty one, and at the end of the war, Germany was a wasteland. There was no infrastructure left. We mm-hmm. bombed it, us and the Russians had bombed everything flat. The Germans, we were still fighting Japan. The German prisoners in England were said, look, we're short of manpower. You're no longer prisoners of war because the war with you is over. Go and get a job. And one came to work for my father. And he lived with us as one of the family. Many years later, when my father was on a pension and, you know, uh, not terribly well off, he got a knock on the door. Yes. He said, uh, are you Mr. Hill? Yes. I'm Joe, your German prisoner of war. And... My father, so he was by that time just living purely on a pension. He, my mother had died. He remarried. He'd remarried. Joe took my father and my stepmother to Germany three times for holidays uh, without asking them to pay a penny because he said, you English were our enemy. And the first time I met real English people, you took me into your family and treated me as a friend. Uh, He was a lovely man. I visited him. I've stayed with him in Germany. Uh, He is now, I think, passed away because the last I heard he was in a home uh, in hospital. He would be well over 100 now if he was still alive, Mm. but a charming man. Now, he didn't have an an option. You're joining the military, Sonny. You know, we can't shoot you now. The enemy can shoot you later. Take your choice. That was the situation. I mean, look at the way we treated people who... Uh, wanted to be conscientious objectors. I mean, it wasn't so bad in the Second World War, but the First World War, uh, it was brutal. Yeah. So people tended to join up, and if you haven't got a choice, and if your government says you've got to go and fight, you go and fight. And the same would probably be the same today. I mean, it's a strange thing that during the Irish Troubles, when a regiment was posted for Northern Ireland, the recruiting rates used to go up. Nothing on that. You know, we aren't, we aren't all nice people. And uh, let's face it, the winners of the war write the history books. I, I can tell you that when we were planning the Thousand Bomber Raid, because I knew one of the guys on the Pathfinder squadron who was on it, I uh, don't suppose he's still alive now, but I knew him as a young man, as a child, to see if they could coordinate a thousand bombers, they chose a small town in Bavaria that had no military personnel except probably a, uh, a couple of bobbies. It had no military establishments. All it was was a dot on the map, and they bombed it out of existence, men, women, and children, to prove they could do it. Now, had we lost the war, whoever planned that would probably have ended up at the British equivalent of Nuremberg, probably Wolverhampton mm. or something. Uh, you know, we did some brutal things as well. We weren't, you know, war oh, is war. Without question. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, we didn't try and kill six million Jews. Uh, and not only the Jews, of course, they, they, they killed their own, many of their uh, own people. I mean, I'm a Freemason. Freemasonry was prescribed. You ended up in a concentration camp. And this is why you will often see people with a very, very small uh, forget-me-not in the lapel. Now, the Germans used to wear a real forget-me-not for the reason because it's still called a forget-me-not in Germany. And that's how Masons recognized each other. Right. 
and we still often wear one in remembrance of that because Freemasons went into concentration camps. So did poets, so did intellectuals. Anybody who had a society that wasn't the Nazi party was prescribed. And, uh, you know, you have to differentiate from the political, from purely the military. I mean, the military didn't like Hitler. They even tried to do him in for the end of the war. It's, uh, you know... <laughs> To some extent, they were on our side. They wanted the thing to stop. I, I, I understand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've, I, as I've said, I've always found that the German people to to actually be a very and a really nice group of people. To be perfectly well, honest, well, they are actually very, very similar to us when you actually come down to it. I mean, I I, I used to go to Germany a lot on business, and I've got German friends, uh, still got German friends over there. And uh, I've played in jazz bands in Germany. I've toured Germany with bands and things like that in the past and met some super people. And, but those people, you know, you're going to war, and that's it. So this is why the reason we've said sort of ordinary German uniforms we don't have a problem with. It's the political side, Gestapo, uh, black uniform, death's head, SS. I mean, there were even normal Wehrmacht SS regiments who were just ordinary fighting guys, you know, were just ordinary soldiers. Mm. But you know, what, what I'm saying is people look at any German uniform and think it's a Nazi uniform. You know, they equate German uniforms with Nazis, and I'm afraid that is uh, regrettable, but it isn't, it isn't the truth. It isn't accurate. They're, you know, they're, they're looking at the wrong people. So let, uh, me, let me tell you how my opinion has changed and where I am now. Because, okay. Uh, you know, j just to to move things forward, I I'm now okay. of the opinion because o over the weekend I you know pressure tensions were high, and I I was all up for the idea of th this should be stopped. This should we should not have this event so that these people don't yeah. come here and cause this offence. However, where I am now is that not only should we continue to have this event. In, in a kind of because we want to, but we now must have this event to send a message to these people that your reaction-causing behavior will not stop us doing what we want to do. Because well, again, that, in, that, that in, is laudable. In their, uh, their dressing up as, as the enemy, uh, it's, it, it really is. I, I still think it is to cause a reaction. Uh, yeah. whatever that reaction is however extreme it is they want to be looked at they want to be seen they want people to have an emotion about them and mm. it, it does cause upset and so we have mm. to say to these people you will not do this you will not tell us how to think and how to feel because in doing that in dressing as these people and causing us certain thoughts and feelings that we otherwise would not have had had you not dressed like that you are in actual fact completely embodying the attitude of the people you are dressing like you yeah. are you are actually you might not be dressed as a nazi you might be wehrmacht or luftwaffe but actually what you're doing is you are making a conscious effort to control my thoughts and emotions and that yeah in its very definition, would be what I would describe as Nazism. Yeah. And so, it, it, ironically, yeah, while we're saying these people aren't Nazis, in actual fact, what they are doing, the end result of their presence, is so very much 
Nazi. It's incredible. More so than they've given it thought. Yeah. I mean, so they, we, we're actually making Nazis. Uh, I, I think we're making people dress up as the, uh, how shall I put it, the enemy, as was, and a, a, a very bad and evil political system, the people actually dressing as the you know, the, the, what I call the political side of Nazism uh, or, the, or the Second World War. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I think we've managed to actually discourage them from coming. I say my personal viewpoint is you, you can't have heroes without villains. Uh, some people from the other side scattered about and you're, you're talking, you know, a handful out of many thousands. I personally would not want to control what other people do in that respect because again if you start controlling what people do you're going down the route that you're trying to stop exactly and and so yeah. that that is wh where i am with it now the, okay the, splendid the, the, well the, i'm glad you've glad you've thought this through and come to your conclusions like i said uh, i i have to be in in life in general but especially when i'm 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 getting involved in something and this is the first time i've ever so to speak stuck my head above the trench and got involved in anything <laughs> on a local level beware what you do yeah. i know i've been doing it for years uh, um, as a councillor uh, and on all sorts of committees be, be careful <laughs> you get sucked in exactly um and, yeah. and and so i if i if i pick an opinion and stay with it I am the Sun or the Daily Mail, and I have nothing but contempt for those people. Um, yes, and, yes, and yes. so if, if I want to, and I'm, I'm speaking, you know, just about my profession as my job and my business. Well, the, if I want to represent, they, exactly, they are, and and yeah. they, I truly feel they deserve to be so. And if anything I can do can hurry that up, then yeah. I, I'm more than willing to take part in but that. But what we have to be careful of is that the media that takes over doesn't follow in their footsteps. Absolutely. That's and there is a grave danger of that with the newspapers. I mean, all my stuff, I didn't buy the papers. I saw everything online. And what we have to do is, to, is really, and it's going to be extremely difficult because there is so little control you can have on uh, Internet reporting, uh, we are in grave danger of almost people saying any damn thing they like. You right. know, with, I think uh, that's... Without any form of redress. At least the newspaper's got an address that you can go to and serve a writ. Whereas yes. somebody can be sending it from Hong Kong, Lapland, or wherever they damn well please through enough aliases that it's almost impossible to trace. Well, I, I think that's yeah. why I have a responsibility to be able to, to say, yeah. I was wrong, yeah. I behaved there's incorrectly. Going to be a, and you know, in, in the future, if we actually lose the written word, the press, and I think we're so far down the road it's going to happen. I mean, this is why I think the current press is so bloody awful as it is, because uh, the only way they can keep the circulation up enough to make profit is through prurience and... Uh, outrageousness. I mean, you're talking the Daily Star, we had B17 scene on the moon and all this road, which people used to buy because it was so outrageous. It was fun. It was like a comic book. But I mean, it, when I was a kid, there was the news of the world and the people on a Sunday, which were the outrageous ones. You know, policemen heard grunting in bushes and things like yeah. this on the headlines. Whereas the Daily Mail on Monday 
the online one was worse than the news the world ever was. And the fact they've had to lie, coerce, bribe, uh, tap people's phones and the rest of it to try and get a story shows the desperate measures they're in. Because if they were making decent money, they wouldn't need to do it. They, they are in a sort of panic, convulsive death, death throes that uh, to try and keep the ship alive, you know, they're bailing like hell. Mm to stop it sinking and it's going to sink because uh, eventually people will turn away from this sensationalism because what well, if nothing else a diet of sensationalism you become blase to it so you stop caring well that, that's anyway, when you, yes I, I, I I've think, got some things I must do this afternoon I, I was going to say we've been a long time and I'd like to thank yeah. you very much for the amount of time that you've spent well, talking to me that's a pleasure and it's been good speaking to you and uh Thank you for your views as well. It's, okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.